Hey, welcome to the podcast of C3 Los Angeles. I'm Jake Sweetman, and together with my wife, Nicole, we lead this church. We're glad you're here, and we pray that wherever you're tuning in from, that you are encouraged and strengthened by this word. Here's today's message. My name's Dylan. I get to serve on our uh, leadership team here and uh, on the pastoral team as well. So I'm going to be speaking with us this morning, and I'm stoked on this. I'm into disciplines. Like, I, well, I should say I'm into like the fruit of disciplines. You know what I mean? Like what you get because of being disciplined. So, so this is cool. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt like your relationship with God is stale? Yeah. Cool. You ever felt like it's, it, there's something in there that you just can't quite express or get out in prayer. Like there's something going on beneath the surface and you just can't like communicate it right with the Lord. Hmm. That must be tough. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I don't experience that. No, I'm kidding, of course. Yeah, me too. Um, that's what this, this uh, series on spiritual disciplines is really about, right? We want to have practical tools that we have to regularly be in the presence of the Lord and be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. And so this series is called How to Experience God. And we're, we kicked it off last week, but today is our first discipline. I'm excited to get into it. So I think first we can get aligned on what the spiritual disciplines are. Like, what are they? Why do we, why are we talking about them? So the spiritual disciplines are the practices that we find in scripture, Old Testament and new. It's among believers of Jesus Christ, right? It's the practices. They're habits of devotion, uh, habits of experiential Christianity that have been practiced for years and years by God's people. I don't know if you caught that, but I said habits and practice in there. So what the spiritual disciplines are not is like, they're not gifts, right? Hey, oops. It isn't as if Pastor Jerry's gifted and graced to read the Bible and I'm, that's just not my gifting, right? I just don't read the Bible. It's not my gifting. No, right? He, pra- he would practice that. He would take it upon himself to be disciplined to do that. We see Pastor Joe get up here and pray, right? It isn't as if he, that's just his gifting. He's just gifted to pray. No, that's because he makes it a habit and a practice. He takes upon the discipline, the spiritual discipline of prayer. That's why we're doing this series. We want the tools to regularly encounter God so we know how to get into his presence and how to break through when we are feeling like we can't express what we need to. I like the way that it's put in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. It says this, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. There is a purpose to the spiritual disciplines. We have a purpose. It isn't just willpower. It isn't just so we could say we did it. There's an actual purpose to it. And I think we as Christians, we want our lives to be marked by the stuff that we read about in the Bible, right? Like, we don't just want to live here and read about all the amazing stuff in here. Greater works than these shall be done, right? We want to see those works. But what that means is we can't just know about God. We can't just read, right? We can't just know about all the things that he did. It takes us modeling our lives after Jesus and the people who were around for all those miracles. And they were practicing those disciplines. So we're going to do that same thing. So today we're talking about fasting. Hey, touch your neighbor. Say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm always hungry, man. So what I'm going to do today is answer three questions regarding 
fasting that I think is going to equip us to actually make this a rhythm in our lives. Then at the end, I'm just going to give us a recap, some takeaways so that it's super practical for us to do in our lives. And I believe we're just going to be so much better for it. We're going to get used to experiencing the presence of God. We're going to have practical ways to express what we really feel inside our souls. Amen. Thank you, Father. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that you've equipped us, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you're in this room. I thank you for every person here, God. I pray that today we'd walk out of here with a greater uh, hunger for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Use this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys ready? I'm going to do some teaching. Is that right? Cool. We're going to teach today. Question number one. I said we got three questions, right? I think there's value in defining what fasting is, right? What is fasting? That's question number one. What is fasting? Any guesses? If the two words not eating came to mind, you're right. You're right. It's not eating. <laughs> Let's read Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. We got it? Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit, that's the Spirit of God, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He was hungry, right? Safe to say fasting is not eating. I like the way that uh, Dr. Donald Whitney, who is a professor of spiritual formation, I like the way he defines it. Fasting is this, a believer's voluntary abstention from food for spiritual purposes. A believer's, it's you and me, right? A believer's voluntary, we choose to do it, abstention from food, not eating, for spiritual purposes. There's the crux of it, right? And this is like what Paul wrote in 1 Timothy. Discipline yourself. Take upon that discipline for the purpose of godliness. There's a purpose to our fasting, right? I like to think of fasting as an intensifier for prayer. So like when Jesus is out there in the wilderness, right? He's not just like, okay, 40 more days. <sighs> Day 39. Okay, I got 39 more. I think I can do this. No. He would have been out there praying, right? He would have been out there uh, renewing his mind with, with Scripture so that he can actually quote it back to the devil when the devil's tempting him, saying, hey, turn these loaves into bread, you, or these stones into bread. You must be hungry, right? Then he could quote Deuteronomy and say, no, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word from the mouth of God. He had a biblical purpose to his fast, right? He had a spiritual purpose of why he's fasting. Every time in the Bible we see fasting, it's missing one thing. Food. Come on, babe. Hey, that's my wife. We are one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she knows me. She didn't even hear this before, believe it or not. The first time I ever did a fast, it was a seven-day fast. Don't recommend it for your first one. And I had no idea what I was doing. So we did a seven-day fast, and I was completely oblivious to any type of spiritual discipline and why they would be done. But I have one speed, and it's all the way. So we did seven days. And uh, so we do the seven-day fast, right? And I had never experienced, like, choosing to stay hungry before, right? Like, if you're a normal person in life, you just, you have the problem that you're hungry. The solution is that you eat. You get the feeling in your stomach, then you eat. Well, now I'm doing this fast. I have the problem that I'm hungry, and I 
stay hungry, I guess, right? Like, what, what am I doing? So I had no, no spiritual purpose for this fast. And I was talking to a friend, and I was like, hey, because uh, by day three, four, five, like, you're, you're quite hungry, right? Like, I don't know if you've done it, but like, you, you actually get pretty hungry. And so when those hunger pains would be real, like, your stomach's making noise, right? It's like, you kind of look at your buddy, you're like, <laughs> I don't ask me about it. So I'm telling my friend, I'm like, hey, yeah, like, I'm doing this fast or whatever. When I get really, really hungry, when the hunger pains get bad, I'll just kind of eat a little bit of trail mix, you know? I'll have some, like, nuts and raisins. And he goes, oh, he mocks me. He goes, wow, fasting's great. When I'm hungry, I just eat. <laughs> and I still think about that when I fast. Point being, I had no spiritual purpose for the fast. I was just trying to do it out of willpower because I thought that's what Christians did, right? What we're doing today is learning about the spiritual purpose behind why we practice the discipline of fasting. Yeah. Thank God for fasting. One thing that biblical fasting is not is it's not worldly fasting. It's not intermittent fasting, right? We got a whole lot of cool like 21st century fasts we love to do. Intermittent fasting, right? That's a diet. Technically, you're, you're fasting, right? But it's very different than a biblical fast, right? Like there's no spiritual purpose to intermittent fasting. The purpose is I want to get cut, right? Like me wanting to get abs is not a spiritual purpose, we also love other, like, fasts to do right now, like the Daniel fast, right? But have you tried that? You end up reading more labels than praying. Like, your fast doesn't have a spiritual purpose. You're just trying not to eat a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? We have fasts that are like uh, social media fasts or fasting television. Well, those are good. I've done those too. I don't want to knock it too hard. It's not food, though. I think there's value in identifying that this can be quite addictive, staring at that glowing thing in your hand, just scrolling endlessly, and we should take responsibility to cut it out, but it's not food. It's different than denying your body's natural dependence on food and letting that lead you to the Lord. When Jesus fasted, he was hungry. David fasted, he was hungry. These guys in the Bible, when they were fasting, they were hungry. What is fasting? Fasting is a believer's voluntary abstention from food for spiritual purposes. We got it? Not eating. Cool. Question number two. We got it on the screen. Why should I fast? This is a good one, right? I didn't know why I should fast. I thought you just had to, and you just got to say I'm fasting, which is completely wrong. <laughs> why should we fast? I think there's a couple reasons we should fast, and dare I say a couple rewards of fasting. Again, we voluntarily abstain from food for spiritual purposes. We're disciplining ourselves for the purpose of godliness. So our fasting has a purpose. When we do intermittent fasting, fast of the world, we're thinking about the hunger the whole time, right? It's an exercise of willpower. We're like, I just got to get through this thing, and I'm going to eat a huge dinner tonight, right? And then I get to prove to myself and somebody else that I did it. When we fast biblically, our hunger serves us and our purpose, we're not a slave to the hunger like when we're just fasting intermittently or doing whatever diet we want to do. We actually have a purpose for the fast. Fasting is an intensifier for prayer. Like we talked about, I believe Jesus would have had his prayers intensified when he was out there praying. Let's read the story in Acts chapter 13, uh, verses 1 to 4. It says, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers— Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menin, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. 
while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Barnabas and Saul on Cyrus. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Did you catch that? This is like fasting gold. Seriously, seriously. Look at, so what did this just say? While they were, uh, verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. So this is like the, be, you know, near the beginning of the church, right? These guys are seeking God. They're using fasting as an intensifier for prayer. They're seeking God. They're worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, right? They heard from God. They actually were seeking him and heard something back. What did he say? Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then he sends, tells them where to go. They were fasting to get aligned with the will of God, right? To be transformed into that character of Jesus Christ. So they're there. They hear from God. They hear who. They hear what they're going to do and where they're going to go. The Holy Spirit spoke to them. They aligned their will with his, and he gave them action. They had a, a spiritual purpose for their fast. Imagine if this was us now. Imagine if we were like, okay, cool, <clears throat> we're the church, we're supposed to like, you know, plant churches, spread the gospel, make disciples, okay, where should we, what if it was like us as leaders, right, we're like, hey, where should we plant the next location? I don't know, uh, who should we send? Well, I don't really like these guys, they're kind of annoying, let's send them, where should we send them? Well, let's think, uh, this place is kind of dangerous, right, and people are like getting crazy over there, I don't want them to die, what about this place? There's already a lot of churches over there, it's too easy, what about this place? Seems pretty safe. Let's send them there. Okay. We, they, and these guys, Barnabas and Saul, could have completely missed the will of God if they did it that way, as we would have if we did it in our own strength. You following me? We can use fasting to intensify our prayer, to draw near to the Lord, and actually hear his will like these guys did in the early church. Fasting always pushes us into prayer and into the presence of God. Fasting isn't to impress anybody. It's to gain understanding of what God wants to do. I'm going to say it like this. We don't fast to impress God. We do fast that his will and his character would be impressed upon us. That's what we're doing. We have a spiritual purpose. And Barnabas and Saul, Saul is Paul. That's the guy that wrote like over half of the New Testament. What if he wasn't seeking the Lord what if he wasn't fasting? What if he wasn't doing those things, right? We could potentially have missed out on him following the will of God to plant churches so that we could be here doing stuff like this right now. That's nuts, right? He was aligned with the will of God. So then he goes on to write in Galatians. Let's read this. Galatians 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows into his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap or receive a reward if we do not give up. We're sowing to our spirit when we're fasting. This is another reason that we fast, right? We want this reward what, that comes from sowing to the Spirit. He says, when you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption, right? So, like, what is the fruit that you get when you sow to your flesh? Maybe it's drinking another night in a row when you know what would really fill you up is to spend time in solitude and silence with the Lord. 
Maybe it is continually scrolling and scrolling and scrolling when you know you're just like in a constant state of comparison and you really need to just pray and be uh, refreshed by your Father that loves you. Maybe it's staying in a cycle of sex outside of marriage when you know your soul is so bankrupt that you just need a touch from God. We reap corruption when we sow to the flesh. What do we get? What's the fruit we get from sowing to the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love. You're a pastor, huh? (laughs) The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's another reward we get from fasting, right? We fast. We're sowing to our spirit because when we fast, it intensifies our prayer, which is communicating with God, sowing into our spirit, which in turn gives us the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. I want that fruit. I'm not ashamed that, to say that I want that reward. I want a reward from God. We're not fasting to impress anybody or just because we have to. That's works. I don't need to gain anything from God by fasting. I want, we want to do it because I want to experience more of his will and continue to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. This intensifies our, our prayer, which pushes us into the presence of the Lord. John Mark Comer has a quote that says this. Fasting is practicing suffering. It's teaching our bodies to suffer. Suffering is unavoidable in life. Joy is not. Fasting, we're learning how to suffer with joy. Suffering's unavoidable in life, right? It's some, something's going to come in opposition to you. Whatever, whatever, that might be in different forms, right? A different form of suffering. But in this self-inflicted form of suffering, we choose to abstain from the food, right? We're choosing it. So then we can choose how to respond. We're sowing to the Spirit, and one of those fruits is joy, right? So when we're sowing to the Spirit, we're choosing to abstain from food, choosing to learn how to suffer, we can be filled with the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. The best part about this is now when we're in the world, encountering things that we don't like, we know how to respond. We're disciplining ourselves to respond in joy to things that we don't necessarily like, isn't this what we really want? Don't we want to be a, the type of person that something can happen to us that we don't really like and say, you know what? I'm used to this. I know how to respond to this. Thank you, God. You are so good anyway. I don't even need this thing. You're so worthy anyway. In the Sermon on the Mount, uh, this is Jesus preaching now, right? And he's talking, and he, he's talking about some of the spiritual disciplines. He's talking about um, praying first, right? And so he's, he's speaking, and he says, hey, When you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites. Don't stand here on the street corners with these big, lofty, long, annoying prayers that are just seeking the attention of man. He says, no, those people have received their reward already. They already got the reward. We're talking about rewards, right, from these practices. He said, they already got the rewards. When you pray, pray in secret, and your father that sees you in secret will reward you in secret. After that, he goes on to say, Also, when you fast, not if, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites and walk around all like, oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, I've sunken in. I'm like, I haven't eaten in days, right? He's like, no, they've received their reward. They've been looked on by man, and man has given them the reward and the attention to say, wow, you must be really holy. Look, Look at your fast, right? They're trying to impress man. He goes, no, they've received the reward already. 
when you fast, do it in secret. Anoint yourself. You take a shower. You stay engaged in conversation. You don't need to let anybody know. Your father that sees you in secret will reward you in secret. We see this theme of rewards from practicing the spiritual disciplines, right? I don't want the reward from man. We've all received the accolades from man, and they're never really what we want, right? It's never really adding up to what our soul's craving, which is this reward from God. What is the reward? We've gone over a couple, but what is this reward Jesus is talking about? In the Gospel of Luke, it talks about Anna, the prophetess. And uh, it says she's a widow at this point, and it says she's in the temple every day praying, fasting, and worshiping. She is using fasting to intensify her prayer. She is seeking God, right? She wants to be in the presence of the Lord. She's there praying and fasting. And so if this fasting intensifies our our prayer and pushes us into the presence of the Lord, that's what we're seeking, right? We're seeking his presence. Well, in her case, her reward was literally being in the presence of Jesus as he walked in. Hello, Jesus, can you come in now? Um, I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I don't know that it's today, but that is one of the rewards that we are seeking, right? We want the presence of God, and it actually says this in Genesis from the very beginning, right? Genesis 15, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. We fast for a purpose. We have a spiritual purpose. We are seeking God, right? We don't seek to impress God. We want to be uh, in prayer seeking him that his will and character would be impressed upon us. Okay. We're going to jump to our, our third one. Let's recap. One, what is fasting? It's not eating, right? It's a believer's, it's a believer's voluntary abstention from food for the spiritual purpose, right? We have a purpose when we fast. Why do we do it? We discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, like I said in 1 Timothy, right? We use it to intensify our prayer. We use it to pray about the things that we feel like God has put on our hearts to seek the reward that is God's presence and that his will and character would be impressed upon us. Okay, this is the big one. How do we do it? How do I begin this fasting? This is what I didn't understand. I didn't understand how to actually do this, right? Like when I was eating the trail mix, I didn't know how to do this well. And that's my goal is that we leave here today actually knowing how to do this and why it matters, right? We want to be experiencing God in the fullness of his character. You know what I'm saying? Okay. How do we do this? There are many ways to fast. We can have the band back up now. How do we do it? We fast with a purpose. I would say bare minimum. We choose one meal and we replace the meal with prayer. That's the start. This is the how. I feel like we never really talk about the how to fast, right? It's kind of this like thing that we never get any clarity on. And people talk about fasting, but we never ask like, what did you do when you were fasting? What did that look like? So that's what I want us to walk out of here with is being like, okay, cool. I actually know how to put this into practice in my life. And I'm going to be rewarded with the presence of God. I'm going to be closer to God because of fasting. We use our hunger to serve our purpose. That's the big difference, right? We aren't a slave to the hunger. We aren't walking around like we're intermittent fasting, just upset that we're hungry. It's fueling our purpose. Anytime throughout the day, this is the key right here. Anytime throughout the day you experience a hunger pain, that's your cue to pray. 
This is the missing link that I think we never talk about in fasting. So you could skip one meal and replace that with prayer, right? I'm very fond of the 24-hour fast or the sun up to sundown. What does that look like? Let's say Monday night you have dinner. Then you go through Tuesday, no eating until dinner again. That's your 24-hour, which really you slept in there. So maybe it's like 14. Regardless, we are using this fast, this discipline for the purpose of godliness. We're using it to pray. Anytime you go throughout the day, you think about food and remember, oh, I'm not eating today. Oh, that's right. I'm fasting. Right. I'm fasting for a purpose. We're all made in the image of God, right? So God has made us in his image, but we're obviously all very different. I believe that he's put different things inside of me than he's put inside of you. We're one body, many parts. I believe that my heart breaks for a certain type of person, certain types of people that are different than the people that break your heart that God has called you to reach. These are the purposes that we would take to in prayer when we are fasting. Maybe for you, it's a, a, a family member or a friend who has cancer that you want to believe healing for. Maybe it's the, <clears throat> the city of Los Angeles. Maybe it's homelessness here. Maybe it is that C3LA would be so magnetic that people from the surrounding areas in Gardena and in the South Bay, Manhattan Beach, Redondo would flood into this place and experience the life change that comes from Jesus. Maybe that's what your heart is geared toward. That is the purpose, that godly purpose that you take to in fasting and in your intensified prayer. Your hunger serves you. A practical example of this would be like, if I'm at work, I like gummy bears. I like candy. Natty knows I like candy. <clears throat> I'm a, I was a Haribo guy before. Let me tell you, y'all heard of Albanese gummy bears? Wow. Wow. I'm just saying, if you get addicted to these, don't blame me. I got a new job, so I started eating these Albanese gummy bears because that's what they sold. And it took me two bags to really get it. The first bag, I thought they were too sweet. Second bag, I was like, yo, these are real. I found a fellow coworker who's also into gummy bears. Now this dude brings me gummy bears all the time. Good problem to have. Still kind of a problem. Help me, I'm addicted to sugar. Uh, so practically what this would look like is that I'd be sitting at work, right? I'd get maybe some gummy bears brought to me. I'd say, oh, cool, thanks, man. I wish I could eat these. Put them in my little drawer. And I'd say, right, I can't eat them because I'm fasting. I'm fasting because I have a purpose. And today my purpose is my coworker's salvation. Thank you, Father, for John. God, I pray that you would bless him. God, that you'd redeem his past. God, I pray that any religious hurt in his family from the church that he grew up in would be redeemed by you, Father. And you would draw him in, Jesus, into your love and purpose for his life. Amen. Right there, that hunger just served the purpose that God has given me to fast for. It is so good. God is so intentional, man. You just used your hunger to serve you in that moment. We discipline ourselves for the purpose of, of godliness. So what you can do is you can, you can choose how long you want to do it and decide what that thing is. What breaks your heart? That's what you could take to in, in your fasting and in your intensified prayer. Could you imagine if we made this a regular practice as a church? Think of the breakthrough we'd see. Jesus was fasting when he started, right before he started his public ministry. So Paul and uh, Saul and Barnabas, right? They were starting the beginning of this church that we're experiencing right now. And that they, we're living in what they had a part in playing in beginning. What could we see? We don't just need to pray that God would do something amazing. We, 
we have a part to play, right? He's put something inside of us so we can say, okay, God, I want to get aligned with your will. I pray for my coworkers' salvation. I pray that cancer would be driven out, that it would not have any power over the bodies here on earth, and that people would experience healing because of your power, God. We use it to serve us. Imagine what we'd see in this city if we all did this together. The point isn't to get rid of the hunger. The point is that that hunger would push us into the presence of God. Anytime we get hungry, anytime we think about food, we don't stop it. Oh man, I got to get through this today. No, you have a purpose in your fasting. I'm going to finish with this. When we read that first story about Jesus being led out into the wilderness by the Spirit of God, right? This, this is, it's not like the devil led him out there. It's like God took him out to the wilderness to prepare for his ministry. God chose this. Think about that. When you fast, right? So Jesus goes out there, 40 days and 40 nights. That's a long time. That's a month and 11 days-ish. That's a long time, man. I don't recommend starting your fast on a 40-day, by the way. Only if you're Darren Elliott. He's actually done it. Maybe you should consult him if you want to do a 40-day. <laughs> a doctor would be good too. But um, So Jesus goes into the wilderness. He's there 40 days, right? Fasting. And then, and then he's, he's tempted by the devil. And it's easy to read that story and say, wow, man, he must have been so weak. That's crazy that the devil's tempting him at his weakest point. He must have been starving. Wow, that would have been so hard. What if he was actually at his greatest strength, though? What if he was so dependent on every word that came from the mouth of God that he was out there using his fasting to intensify his prayer, to worship God, to meditate on scripture, to quote it right back to the devil? What if he was in strength and that's how he could prepare for his public ministry? What if the fasting is powerful? What if it doesn't take power from us, but what if it gives us power, the power of God? What if we flipped our revelation on fasting and thought about it that way? Think of what could happen in your life. I believe God is going to bless you as you do this. I believe you're going to be in his presence as you make it a practice to encounter him, get aligned with his will, have his character impressed upon you. It's going to be amazing. Let's recap so we can practically do this throughout the week. One, what is fasting? No food. Yeah. It's a believer's voluntary abstention from food for spiritual purposes, right? The spiritual purpose. Why do we do it? We discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Pastor Joe, come on. We use it to intensify our prayer. We seek the reward that is God's presence. We do it with what he has placed in our hearts. And we use it that his will and character will be impressed upon us. Three, how do we do it? We choose the day. Choose the day you're going to fast. Choose the meal you're going to do. And choose the purpose. What does he put in your heart? You choose that thing and then you do it. Let's all stand to our feet now. Can we give it up for Jesus, the leader of our fast? Thank you, Lord. Amen. You've been listening to the C3 Los Angeles podcast. If you found today's message helpful, we encourage you to share it with a friend and consider rating it. If you'd like more information about our church or details on how to get connected to a neighborhood group, head to c3losangeles.com. We love you. Thanks for tuning in with us.